conversations and meditations. With Justin Martin. Uh, well, welcome everybody to another episode of Conversations and Meditations. Uh, today I'm going to be introducing Crystal Lee Maroney. She's increasingly a more active member here at Riverdale and uh, part of our extended community. Uh, and I probably could say one of our newest facilitators, bringing a range of stuff to us now, which we're excited to be sharing with everyone. Um, Crystal Lee, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also well, thanks. Uh, yeah, so Crystal Lee, it's exciting to have you here. You know, we've been in contact with each other now for at least three or four years personally. Uh, I, I met you first through the RAMP program that we ran a few years ago. Uh, Two years ago now. Yeah, okay. Mm. Well, you correct me on air, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, it probably was a couple of years ago. Uh, it just feels a lot longer. But you have been coming to the centre for closer to five years. Yeah. It, um, so I started out doing yoga. So Jazz is my first yoga instructor and I haven't really left since. So sure. I've tried a few places, nothing compares. So yep. yeah. Yeah, great. Now and I do lots of things. And so what, what is it that you've been uh, called to, to bring there? Um, so we are in the midst of planning a winter solstice, which would be on the 24th of June. Yep. Um, that will be roughly about a five hour little mini retreat. So that will be a breath, fire and feast and that will be working hand in hand with Temple of Enlightenment and yeah, it'll be amazing. Awesome. Nice. Um, hopefully I might be able to go to that. It'll be cool. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I will definitely be there. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I do not want to miss it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And your association with... Temple of Enlightenment. Temple of Enlightenment. Yeah. So they... How did you get to know those guys? They come here and they do... The community event on a Wednesday night. So yeah. Riverdale do a community night for five dollars and it goes towards charity. Yes. So every few weeks it's a different charity. They are two of the main facilitators, so they will tend to do it on rotation where one of them will come and do the Wednesday and then the other one will do the following Wednesday. So yeah, great. they both run two different things. Um their name's Amy and Luke. And yeah, they just love being part of the Riverdale community. Sure. And they don't really want to stop. They enjoy coming and inviting all different people. There are so many different people. I think every week there's at least somebody different. I know this week there were three different people yep. that have never been here before. So that was really good. Yeah, great. And yeah, they just love being a part of the community event and they love coming to Riverdale. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, so it's, it's really cool that you've sort of recognised the, the possibility of collaborating further with others and bringing them to Riverdale in, a, in an event that's maybe bigger than the, the sum of its parts in some way. You know, yeah. it's like getting, getting a collaboration of people's skill sets together for people to enjoy over a day is definitely yeah. a model that we're going to be trying to explore further uh, yeah. across the board at Riverdale. So it's interesting to see this first one launched and already getting a great response. I know, it would be so good. Yeah. I think it's good because there's little, there's different things included in the event. So if you haven't tried something, then you've got, you know, you start with breath work. If you've never done breath work before, then it's a nice little snippet of breath, breath work. Um, you've got meditation, you've got sound healing, you've got a fire ceremony on top of we get to eat too. So who doesn't love to be fed? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
It shocks me how much I eat, actually. It's it's not right. I've got to look into that. It's winter time. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Stocking up. So if you don't mind, Krista Lee, I mean, I've known you for several years, but I don't know that much about your life, you know, like... Uh, it's busy. Sure. Um, <laughs> would you mind telling us a little bit about your, your history? Like, um, where'd you grow up? I grew up everywhere. So we went from northern suburbs to like Elizabeth. Then we went out to Templars and went to Kapunda High. That's where I first met Jazz. Oh, cool. Um, and then we went back to the north. So back down Salisbury Way. Yeah. Yeah. Been lived in a few places. Sure. So, um, but t- but always South Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for now. <laughs> Time will tell. Sure. Um, and, yeah, I went to Salisbury High School, graduated from there, went to uni for a good three to four years. What did you study there? Um, I originally started off studying um, tourism and event management. Didn't learn anything towards events. And sure. That's what I mainly was going for. So I swapped into sport and rec yep. management, did one event there. Um, and then you don't really learn much more Okay. in events at that point. And to me, I was, that was a bit pointless because that's all I wanted to do was events. I opened up a few doors where I've done a few volunteering things and a consistent one each year. And then I graduated with my diploma of business. Yeah, started getting into different areas of study. So I did mindfulness facilitating probably like two years ago. Um, before I fell pregnant, I was running... I was getting into yoga so um, and meditation classes. So I started running that before I got pregnant. Sure. Um, and then didn't do much from pregnancy onwards. So. Why? You're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a high-risk pregnancy. I'm <laughs> so kidding. So take my time. <laughs> yeah, no, fair play. Fair play. I think uh, that's about as good an excuse as anyone could yeah. ever have. <laughs> For sure. That was my time to go to Zen. Yes. But no, I did hypnobirthing during pregnancy and that probably opened up more doors to I think as well the benefits of breath work and the benefits uh-huh. of meditation yep so you go quite in depth with you know you do a two-day full course and whatnot on it but I think that's when it started like opening up I guess more benefits of breath work for me sure um being able to be in control during labor to be able to breathe your pain away which is an actual thing yeah it's pretty cool um i do it every time i would stub my toe or something now and i was like just breathe it out <laughs> like whereas before you used to just swear it out yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or and it just wouldn't work anyway but now it's just yep you just breathe it out and guess what your pain goes away sure. it's amazing but yeah so that kind of opened up and that was like nearly two years ago now so that opened up a lot more of what I could be doing um so I did you know I've got a few more courses that I want to do and just kind of try a few different things yeah but yeah the main aim would be to facilitate and run my own classes and mm-hmm. Riverdale will get a few that's for sure I can't wait yeah for <laughs> sure we've spent a long time building a platform yeah. so that everyone can share their passions and yeah. share their interests with others. So it's, you know, it's here for people to take advantage of. Yeah. And absolutely that invitation goes to anyone who might be listening to this. If they've got something that they they think would be worth sharing, or they'd even just like to, uh, to try and share it and see, you know, that maybe no one else is interested in it. You don't know until you try, yeah. but, um, but yeah, definitely extend that invitation to everyone listening uh, and their friends and their friends' friends. Yeah. Um, It'd be amazing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mainly, mainly lived in South Australia. Have you done much travel? I have done a little bit of travel, not nearly enough. 
my first ever overseas trip was straight out of year 12, did New Zealand for a month, which was epic. <laughs> did all the fun things from bungee jumping to whitewater rafting. Awesome. To... Then I volunteered in Cambodia for a month. Oh, wow. That was cool. What were you doing there? Um, at a school. And I was actually helping teach them yoga and different sport things. I was really into sport during school. So it was a bit more of like an exercise program that I was teaching them. I did a little bit of cooking and baking and stuff like that, pretty much just anything. But yeah, that was pretty cool. So that was a good month there. And I didn't want to leave. Probably. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What part of Cambodia were you? Siem Reap. Siem Reap, yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you get down to uh, to see Angkor Wat and things like that? Yes, yeah. yes. That's pretty wild. It was amazing. We did a 14-hour day of temples. Yeah. Which was, we did it on a tuk-tuk. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. That yeah. was 14 whole hours on a tuk-tuk. That sure. was an intense discomfort by the end of the day. Did you get chased by monkeys? No. No, no but I am one to feed monkeys and yeah. push that boundaries. Yeah, sure. I love them. So. <laughs> they are adorable, but I don't trust them. <laughs> I wouldn't trust them, but I would still love them if they did. Yeah, where else? Thailand, Bali, Bali a couple of times. Yep. Africa. Well. Yeah. I just throw that in there. Yeah. There <laughs> I nearly forgot yeah. Africa. Two weeks of camping in Africa. That's awesome. That was amazing. I've never been to Africa. Oh, honestly, it was epic. Like yeah. elephants outside your tent, cheetahs where you could hang out and pat a cheetah if you really wanted Brave. to, and I did want to. <laughs> <laughs> no. To very much control myself. Um, but yeah, that was a very epic experience and I think camping just takes it like next level as sure. well because how, how was that organized was that as part of a group or I was working as a travel agent at the time oh wow oh what tour was it? I don't know maybe like on the go tours or something they had a buy one get one free so I was like okay I'll do that yeah I remember this guy doing a talk we had to do this bus night every time with flight center where we had to someone did a talk you'd get free feed and all of that and he I was originally planning to go to America this guy did bench tours which is like a five-star tour which is would be epic one day and he just completely sold Africa to me and I messaged my partner at the time I was like we're going to Africa yeah we get to go sooner we've got a cheaper deal and we're going and that's what we did Great. so I think not long after that we won yeah it was so good there were so many different compartments like we started in Vic Falls and then made our way down like through Botswana to National Kruger Park to Johannesburg wow yeah big culture shock did it surprise you a bit like you know no, I think the cultural I was, differences I think like I had always done tourism throughout school so I was very much into culture like any culture um so when it came to going to different countries, like I actually love to immerse myself in other cultures. Yeah, of course. So I will do as much as I can with that culture instead of doing like, so yeah, I will eat all their food, even if it's something that I'm like, eh, I might not like, I'll eat anything. There was a few times we went to, we went to like a black magic place. Okay. That was very interesting. Like someone on our tour wanted to go. So our tour guide was like, all right, I'll take you. But yeah, it was it was very interesting. So even though oh, I don't know if we have to talk this bit through, <laughs> even though we can, a, we can even edit stuff later, it was if, yeah. a white African. We had to be chauffeured by a black African yep. to go through the black witch area. Okay, because he would get mugged, even though he's sure. South African. But yep. because he's white, you've got that different race thing over there. So that was very interesting. 
pretty different to yeah. to Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, that's a, that was a, an interesting experience that Sarah and I had when we were travelling was different cultures that you'd go into and then f- be comfortable with. You know, yeah. after being in Thailand for a month or so, so I I got this. This is no drama. Yeah, and then uh, we did some more Asian touring and then uh, went up into landed in Kathmandu in Nepal and it was just like oh this is a different level of cultural adjustment you know, it was yeah. like wow this is totally different again and then after a f- you know a couple of months or a few months of being there we thought we've got this place no problem at all and then we literally went overland into India and it was like four steps into India it was like oh my goodness we're in a totally different yeah, thing again yeah. uh, and there's just well for me at least there's always that bit of adjustment period we're like is this safe am i cool what's going on here you know yeah yeah it's so unfamiliar yeah Mm. but it's also so good at the same time us the best i remember in cambodia we had to bucket shower so that was an experience not being able to flush um makes you really value a wash machine because obviously over there you don't really have wash machines you're hand washing everything and you're hand washing in the ridiculous 38 plus degree humidity yep that one I'll very much cherish. The flushing the toilet thing, <laughs> I could live without. I'm fine with that now. Bucket showers, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Like I've had worse experiences. But yeah, yeah, I like immersing myself in different cultures. I did want to try a tarantula, but I also didn't want someone to go buy a whole bunch of weird stuff and I be the only person to eat it. I was like, that's a bit of a waste. I don't want to waste food, even if it's spiders. I don't want to waste it. Um, so I never tried that. I did try a few other weird things. We did um, gatecrash a wedding. Okay, so of course a, you a did. A traditional, well, you? <laughs> um, a traditional Cambodian wedding, which is like thousands of people. They're huge, yeah. And it's some of the weird, like the different things was you'd be on a round table, but when you're done with your rubbish you would throw your rubbish under the table. Right. So at the very end of the night when they're cleaning everything, they're pulling up these tablecloths and there's just this mountain of rubbish wow. piled under the tables. That was very interesting. Of That Unreal. was an experience. I was like, oh, like is that easier for you or is it much harder because now you have to go back and pick up everybody's rubbish? Did they have a gigantic sound system? Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing was just gigantic, <laughs> like on every aspect. It's the people, the venue, like... I don't think they knew half the people, but you just kind of go. <laughs> and it's like you just donate, you know, no one donate, it's a gift to their wedding. Yep. But you kind of gift some money. Um, I think it was like something like a 12 or a 21 course meal or something. Yes. Like it's just like a full blown constant eating system. And yeah, that was definitely an experience. It was pretty cool. Yeah, my, I was in a Cambodian wedding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course you were. Of course. <laughs> my br- did you my, know them? <laughs> yeah, I did know them well. Um, my brother-in-law, um, Sarah's brother, was married to a Cambodian yeah. lady. And yeah. they had their four-day wedding uh, many years ago now, 15 probably years ago or something like that. One day's not enough. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> just, the, just the incredible uh, photo shoots took forever. And so many costume changes. Yeah. It, was, it was remarkable. Yeah, um, so cool. And uh, but being in the wedding, as opposed to being a guest at the wedding, there's a lot more responsibilities. Yeah. And I re- I recall at their main feast day, I can't remember what order of events that all occurred in because it was a blur yeah. Yeah. and 15 years ago. But it was our duty as as sort of members of the bridal party to welcome everyone who came. So we just had to stand there Oof, and shake hands with like you suggest hundreds of people that. Yeah. 
they don't even know, you don't even yeah. know. Yeah. But it was a very ceremonial thing. They went down the line to all of the guests. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was a full-on experience. It was fun. It's a full party. Like, it's such a good... It's just so good to experience it because it happens all the time. And the sound system the th- is the thing that <laughs> stands out in my memory the biggest because it was like they found every Radio Shack <laughs> speaker that they could find, typically terrible quality, <laughs> and just stacked them, I reckon, at least as high as an average house. Wow. And just cranked tunes at, you know, I know that amps only go up to 10, but theirs definitely went up to 11. <laughs> It was just the most horrific sound. It wasn't even an enjoyable sound, but it was loud. And yeah. I, I think that was the key criteria was just, just yeah. make it loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's such, so cool. You wouldn't do that here, though. You would not have a four-day um, wedding. Like could, it's well, just, boy, I couldn't afford a one-day wedding now. No, <laughs> just imagine four days. That's insane. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't realise that you'd done so much travel. Yeah, not mm. enough. Yeah. I would, would have loved to go to two different places a year. Yeah. But I've done a bit of travelling since having my daughter, but that's in Australia, especially after sure. COVID anyway. So Yeah, that was always our plan was travel as extensively as we could pre-children yeah, and then see as much of Australia as we could with yeah. our children. Yeah. And that hasn't really worked. No. <laughs> we- I still want a van. I still want a little van so that we can go travelling and just go when we want to go and For come sure. back when we want to come back. So hopefully do that in the next couple of years while she's still little and nice. probably just homeschool because then I can keep travelling. <laughs> yep. Do you have any more travel plans in the near future anywhere? Mm, no. I do need, know I need to make some mm-hmm. so that I have something to like work towards. Yeah, probably just a van. I've even contemplated just to hire a van and just go whether I go to beaches. Just wait till the weather's a bit better. Yeah. Do a bit of camping in between, but we'll mm. see. Camping's mm. very wet and cold with a toddler. <laughs> but no, it's the first time that I haven't had travel plans. Normally I'm working towards something, but I don't know where I want to go. I know I want to do a bit, a few things in Australia, um, especially while she is so little. Uh, but obviously Asia's always a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Have you seen much of Australia? I've done a few things. Um, as a kid, obviously, we drove to up to Canberra. So we drove, I don't even know which way, to be honest. I got, used to get really bad car sickness to go to sleep pretty much as soon as you get in the car. We did, you know, Queensland. I think, I guess, furthest is probably Gold Coast, maybe a bit further. Then we did Yawa, which is in the middle of Queensland, which is just a whole bunch of dirt, <laughs> whole mines. Yep. Um, gone to Darwin. That was, that was about it, really. Mm. Canberra a couple times. Don't really need to go back there now. Mm. <laughs> a few different places in SA. Obviously down south, pretty much all the peninsulas. Um, but, yeah, still so many more, especially mm-hmm. summertime. There's so many more beaches that I want to go to because um, South Australia has some awesome beaches. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned before that you're kind of exploring new ways of, of bringing facilitation to Riverdale. Are you currently studying any modalities or...? I'm currently doing a mindfulness practitioner course. I really want to do breath work. That will come one day just because I'm very passionate about the benefits of breath work. Honestly, there's so many things I want to study just so that I can teach other people. Mm. Um, I want to do different plant-based medicine stuff 
and I'm currently doing a trauma course at the moment. So it's a trauma certificate because I would like to implement that into a course or a circle space. But yeah, I definitely enjoy the mental health side of things. So I really want to do a lot of the benefits and, you know, a lot of meditation, breath work, work so hand in hand with mental health. Yeah, I really want to teach that and I really want to open that up to people that, you know, may not know. And that's why I like the idea of doing these little events like Winter Solstice where they can come and try different things. So all those things add to healing and healing you know, if they don't like meditation, well, then they get breath work. If they don't like breath work, they get sound healing so that they can try little things that they may not have tried before and it opens up their mind and their resources to something else. Definitely. Try before you buy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so so breath work's a particular passion of yours. Yes. Wh- why? <laughs> I mean, I think it, I agree with you, but in your words. Breathing is so good. <laughs> it's, a, it's an essential... Uh, it is one thing... Probably like the only thing that actually stops my mind from running. Yeah. yeah. So I have a very chaotic, overthinking, you know, constant list and all of that. It is the one thing that actually calms me down, but also like can put a big pause on my brain from like working. Sure. And it just kind of sits there. Um, especially when you do long holds and you're kind of holding it and you're really just, you know, holding your breath. So you're like, okay, I'm going to concentrate on this. So you're not thinking of anything else. And I think that's what I... Well, one, it can actually calm you down a lot quicker than anything. It helps when you do have a child because it helps you self-regulate as well. So I do a lot of breathing since being a mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's learning as well. So tantrum time is, that's my breath work time. Sit there and I just breathe. Are there particular breathing techniques that, that you find powerful for yourself? I know for me personally, I really enjoy um, a, a technique that's called the physiological sigh. That involves one deep breath mm. and then a sharp inhale yep. and then a long, slow release. That to, that seems to be, for me, one of the quickest ways for me to calm my, my nervous yeah, system nah, down. We love a good sigh. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love a good sigh. That's one. I actually don't mind alternate nostril breathing, but sighing is one that, like, and I think as well when you have a kid that you're trying to teach breath work to as well, yeah. if you sigh and you make it louder, She's hearing you more. Like if you're just going to sit there and be like, like a little tiny thing, she's not hearing you. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of increased since being a mum because then it's like, okay, this is how she's going to learn if you do a big sigh and you sigh at all your stress or mm. all your frustrations. It's true. You know, unintentionally, uh, I've never set out to teach, particularly I've noticed my son um, does this just instinctively now yeah. yeah and I never ever thought to myself oh, I must model this behavior for them to follow yeah but when Dylan's really frustrated and usually it'll be at me because I'm pretty frustrating <laughs> he no. he will just he's he just <sighs> yeah yeah and I can I can see him like resisting the urge to lose it and it typically works for him like yeah. not, not always yeah. I mean he's nearly 15 so he's got a lot of lot of hormonal uh, yeah. pressures and imbalances and things like pushing and pulling him in different directions. Uh, and he does have a particularly frustrating, you know, dad. I, I, yeah, dad. I, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I do get a little bit of fun out of teasing him sometimes, <laughs> all with love. You know, he really has adopted that practice. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm sure he's experienced or at least seen it modelled yeah. and just, oh, 
seems to be what you do without even thinking about it. Yeah, which is mm. amazing. And that's what more kids need. I think like when I do start to run women's circles, which will probably be in the next couple months, I think as well, I guess probably marketing and targeting more parents, especially mums. Like dads are one thing, but I think as well being that I'm in that state of mind as well and targeting parents so that they can self-regulate to be able to help teach their kids how to regulate because you know little humans got lots of little feelings and it can be super overwhelming but at the same time if you don't know how to regulate your own emotions because your parents might not have taught you well how are you going to teach your kids my parents were glaswegian so the i don't even know what that is oh that's from glasgow like from Scotland. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a place very well known for its um, temper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your kids need breath work. <laughs> yeah. Well. Genetics. Well, I, I think that my parents didn't have those tools yeah. to share. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure where I picked them up from. Yeah. Pretty hanging around here. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> Riverdale would have did it, did it for you. One of them. Yeah. But actually, no, probably my first experience of recognising the power of breath to calm myself down was I used to be really a very keen rock climber and okay. I'd find myself in positions of high stress where you yeah. you know you're about to fall or you, you're struggling to find the next hold and, and you're in a precarious position and it, you do get a fight or flight yeah, response. Yeah, that wouldn't be for me. It's quite ter- <laughs> it can be very terrifying. And I witnessed others just breathe, like just slow down, breathe really slow breaths and let things slow down for you to find that next solution yeah and i and experimenting with that myself so powerful you know just to don't freak out (laughs) calm down we'll get through this yeah Uh, or you'll fall and you'll be fine (laughs) as well it's okay Um, sometimes you do fall start again and keep going (laughs) frustrating absolutely Uh, but Uh, yeah no my breath work really increased when having my daughter that was probably the biggest thing because I was like nah I want to be as regulated but also being I'm a highly sensitive person she's a highly sensitive child I was like I can't when I'm stressed and all that I can't have her meet me up that way so it was mainly like okay how can I bring myself down to then help balance her down because she's just gonna take on you know everything that I'm feeling and doing and all of that so I think at a very young age, I was, you know, doing breath work. I was just going to sleep because she was, you know, for four months she had to be held all the time and that in itself is frustrating because you're like, I've got to, you know, go to the toilet, I've got to cook anything. There's a whole long list. And, you know, I was unaware of, like, I was unable to do that. So that would get a little bit frustrating where I'm like, well, I'm just sitting here like, you know, I'm, I've got so many things I could be doing. Um, and just having to kind of like surrender and be like, okay, now this is this is your life at the moment. It this won't is what be, I'm doing. It yeah. won't be forever, but also like you actually can't go put her down by herself or she's awake straight away. So it's like, okay, how do I work this? So I'd normally put headphones in and I'd like meditate while I'm holding her to sleep because I was like, okay, what can I do with this hour or so that I've got that can benefit me at the same time, but also like while I'm holding her. Um, and at a very young age... Um, if somebody, you know, was trying to put her to sleep and she was so very high strung or overwhelmed, I would sit there and I would breathe and I would do the big side breaths, like deep belly breaths, side out. And then eventually you could just feel her calming down. So, you know, this was, 
few months old and you can just feel her calming down then she'd get to a better state of mind and then she'd go to sleep yeah, it'd perfect. be a much more enjoyable experience for everybody so you know there's lots of times i tell people just breathe because <laughs> breathe with your child i think it's a it's a fact that there is something about the sound of a baby crying that induces Oh, stress. Away. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's pretty much the most stressful sound that a human has to endure is yeah. the sound of a baby crying, um, particularly if it's your own. But even if it's yeah. not, it's it's been fine tuned over millions of years yeah. to be a sound that you just cannot ignore. Yeah, um, no, you can't ignore it. But also, there's times where it's like there's things that you can't help them at that time. Yeah, like of course. if they're teething, yeah, cool. You give them Panadol, you give them teething gel. But also, like they're still in pain, mm. so you just have to be like, okay. How do I help myself? Because at the moment I've given them everything that I can help them with. They're still heightened. How do I help myself so I don't react to this situation? Yeah. So. Mm, very cool. Do you mind if I ask you about uh, like your family's traditions in terms of like religious traditions and things like that? Do you come from a, a religious background? <sighs> Not necessarily. Like my grandparents were Catholic. So coming from an Italian family. Ideally, they were Catholic, but they died. Ideally. <laughs> yeah. In theory, uh, yeah. In theory. Well, they died when I was five. So it wasn't, I think the only real traditional thing we do is like Good Friday. Right. We don't eat meat. It's just seafood on Good Friday. And we've kept that tradition, you know, what am I, 28 my whole life. Um, and that's the one tradition we've always had. And that's about it. So. Where do you sit with your your kind of religious views now i'm very just open-minded so i'm all for like i want to actually learn about like spiritual warfare i so don't know I, what that is no me neither really oh, cool. but i have heard <laughs> did you that. just make that up <laughs> <laughs> no. no i um i actually went to a shaman and he had said to me that i'm experiencing all the side effects of spiritual warfare but because i have no understanding on it he's like you're just kind of drowning in it okay so i really want to learn what it is did they give you any insight or clue it was so like a lot of it kind of goes back to like christianity because a lot of the christian and spirituality come hand in hand but obviously if you go and talk to a christian they're gonna be like i'm not spiritual because I remember meeting my daughter's dad's grandma and when he's like, okay, like you can't really mention that you're, because she's, you know, full-blown Christian. He's like, you know, and I said, oh, just tell her like, you know, he's like, you just tell her you're Catholic. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not Catholic. I was like, I really have no idea about religion. Yeah. Um, it's never really been something I've been that interested in. Like I'm all for other people's religions, but like as for me, I'm just like, a, cool, I'll accept you, whoever you are. And I was like, oh, I'll just tell her I'm spiritual. Like, I'm just an open book. And he's like, don't tell her that. Uh, like, don't go there. And I was like, but that's not lying. I was like, I can't tell her I'm Catholic and then that. Yeah, thing. sure. I was like, I can't do that. I was like, I will tell her I'm spiritual. Because I was like, you know, to me, that's like, a, you're just kind of open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. <laughs> I don't know what I was to say to that one. Yeah. But well, yeah. It was a question without notice. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Do you have any ideas about like our purpose on the planet like do you have do you have any ideas uh about like bigger picture why why are we even here do you ever think about that sort of stuff yeah i have to i don't (laughs) (laughs) you do (laughs) for sure think about it (laughs) well yeah is that something that that you ever contemplate 
you know, when you so- look up at the I universe. I think sometimes think- as well, but I think as well, like, I guess believing in reincarnation and like I really want to know about my past lives. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that I'm trying to get into now. So I'm trying to find somebody who's going to help like dig up my past life stuff because I want to know mm-hmm. who I was before I became this person. Same with like, you know, when you get deja vu and it's like, oh, I've met this person. But like, how have I met this person? Mm-hmm. You know, usually you've met in a past life and that's kind of how you have that bond sometimes with people. Um, I remember going to a mother's group and a lot of us kind of sat there and we're like, oh, we like, we know each other. Like, you know, and this one lady was like, I know your daughter. And I'm like, do you? <laughs> like, cause she's like, I don't know how. And I'm like, social media maybe. Sure. But then she's I very like, <laughs> insta famous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe social media. Um, she's like, no, she's like, I just, I know her. And I was like, you might, like, I was like, you maybe do. Maybe in a past yeah. life you've known each other. Yeah. But it was. It wasn't just one or two of us. It was multiple of us where we were like, oh, I know you from somewhere. And we just all seemed very familiar on the first time that we met, which is kind of cool. I like that experience. So I definitely believe in reincarnation. Okay. So, and I'd be very intrigued as to who I'd be after me. What do you think? And, uh, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have have thought about this, but what do you think happens in between lives? Oh, I don't know. Like, do you think there's a pause or there's a... I don't know. Some other... I have thought about it, but all of it... Well, we can't All of it, I know, all of it's a big... I don't know. If I could just write a letter to myself and then, like, pass it on to the next (laughs) person that's going to take my soul and explain to them, this is what you're, you know, getting into. Yep. Here's some past life trauma I apologise now. (laughs) (laughs) Here's some past life trauma. This might be your karma, but here. Sure. This is how you help yourself. I would love to do that. Yeah, so your, your kind of personal philosophy, if, if you want to call it that, sort of leans probably more to the Eastern traditions of reincarnation. and. I live a big like YOLO motto. <laughs> yeah. I'm big on just do things because yep. you only live once. Yep. I mean, your soul might live on to the next thing, but in this body, you only live once. So I think the, I think, you know, the non, not being scared of dying, but being scared of not living. Amen. That crosses my mind. Yeah. That's pretty much my biggest life motto. Yeah. I think is yeah. I'm, I really am not afraid to die. I don't, I'm not rushing towards it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> nah. Don't count I, down the days. I, I figure that there was, as far as science can tell, there's at least 13 billion years before I existed. Yeah. Uh, so there'll probably be just as many after. I know. Um, and I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was fine. It's all, it's all going to be okay. Um, yeah. But my biggest fear and the thing that motivates me to try, at least in, in my adult years, to live a healthy lifestyle yeah. and to be conscious of the fact that I do have a body and yeah. it's the vehicle that I need to use to get around and live my experience. Yeah. Um, that's what motivates me, not necessarily trying to live an extra two or three years at the end yeah. of my life, but to make sure that I've got the physical capacity to just live to its fullest now yeah. without with as fewer limitations as is possible. Yeah. And I think when you're a parent as well, that kind of opens up the door as more urgency as well. Because, mm. like, before being a mum, like, yeah, cool. I was, like, getting into a health kick multiple times. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, I'm going to, like, eat healthier. I'm going to do this. But, you know, one, health is not just one thing. Like, there's so oh. different things, like, in a holistic way that you need to be thinking of. But then when you become a parent, it's like, oh, yeah, nah, like I have to be healthy because you have 
to look after your child um, and you want to be doing the best that you can. Like yep. you want to be able to, doesn't matter if you're 40 or if you're a 50 year old parent, you want to be able to run around with your kids and not be like, oh no, sorry, I can't. I've got, you know, bad back or something. Um, yeah, 40 and 50 is not that old, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> No, it's not. And that's no. what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, <only kidding. laughs> I'm saying you're fit. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging in there. <laughs> um, but then going into being a parent where you're kind of like, okay, well, now it's a little bit more urgency because you're like, okay, I need to show up for my child. So it's, you know, one thing you want to show up for yourself first, obviously you've got to pick yourself first anyway, but parents tend to do that second mm-hmm. um, just by default. And then when you become a parent you're like okay now I have to actually do this and I have to jump in a bit deeper I have to look at the full picture I think for me I've always been quite an unhealthy person right like physically wise with so many different problems probably since birth really so for me it was over the last couple of years it's really been getting more into holistic health and how can I help myself why am I having these problems yeah, hmm. so it's been a long list and it's been kind of cool to learn. And Getting there's still so much more to learn. So that's why I want to know about past lives as well because I want to know, like, how to heal from past life trauma, like ancestral trauma. You've got your own childhood trauma. So, like, there's a whole long list and it's like, okay, cool. How do I how, help myself? How do you determine who to trust with that information? You know, like, how, how do you... Because that's a, that's a a bit of a barrier for me personally mm. to exploring those sorts of ideas, which I don't discount. I don't yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't pretend to know. Um, but I, the the area that I find difficulty is finding someone who I think, oh yeah, you might know. Yeah. About my previous life. I think as well, like one Riverdale opens up so many different people. So yep. there's so many different people on so many different business endeavors, healing endeavors, like honestly the list goes on so you're gonna come across somebody who's doing that you just get a resonant sort of yeah, thing. It's like, oh, I like just feel like this you know is right. and you kind of know when the person's like genuine and authentic um hmm. you know i've gone to a few psychics i've gone to a few reiki sessions i've you know and i tend to know when they're good because there's a lot of stuff i never talked about to somebody so if they're bringing stuff up and i'm like huh interesting like there sure. is no way you could know that yeah um you know, so many different things. And then it's like, that's when you kind of know, okay, they actually kind of know what they're doing or they wouldn't know this, like, information. Um, and I think as well, when you meet different people, then they suggest other people. And it just, yeah. Just almost trial and error. Yeah. Just, yeah no, not that time, but yeah. Yeah, like, you've got to try. Like, real. if you don't try them, you're never going to know. Of course. Um, and then obviously not everybody's for everybody. So I might suggest somebody to you and you're like, nah, like, I didn't get what I needed from them yeah or you know that's why you know sometimes when you do something for study you might not like that lecture and you might not learn anything from them because you're zoning out because you yeah their voice is I know not, that feeling <laughs> yeah like their voice is not interesting you so then if you do it with somebody else then you're like oh okay like different aspect or a different that's one of my favorite things about studying online mm. and having video um, lectures is yeah. that you can speed them up yeah. <laughs> so I've got a, a lecturer currently I'm doing some study and the, le- the lecturer that's doing this module is the slowest, dullest speaker yeah. ever. Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a few like that that have put me to sleep. Oh, so. boy. Go 1.75 times <laughs> and get the information that you need. It takes a, 
half the time almost. Amazing. And yeah, it's like it's yeah. an engaging because it's happening at the speed that that your mind wants it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, what a great thing. But if you're stuck in a room with someone and you know you just want to buy them a coffee it's hard work yeah yeah i've had a few where i remember my tourism one when i was at uni she talked really slow and i was like that's cool but it was like she was telling a story to children yeah and i was like i'm here to learn like let's go and it was not like it was snail's pace and i was like i'm falling asleep like i can't stay awake in this um so yeah i feels mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why for some meditation classes where I've tried to do like for courses when I want to learn different things I've tried to do two different people because you know that one lady is going to teach it completely different to I've done this one guy who was an ex-army veteran and you know his experience is completely different to what hers is where he's been in very high levels of stress it's like cool I can get on board with this guy yeah Um, so having that option you know there's a lot of different online courses that you can do that aren't, I mean, there's some that are super expensive, but there are some aren't. Well, YouTube, there's yeah, like there so go. much for free. So much on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's like never-ending free education. My thing is Insight Timer when it comes to meditation now. Yeah. I use Insight Timer. Originally YouTube, like Insight Timer has so much as well that you can do, like breath, sleep, all of that sort of thing on there. But I also like as well, if you're friends with somebody on Insight Timer, you get a notification to say, mm. oh yeah, this person's meditating at the same time as you. Yeah, I I was using Insight Timer, but I found that for me personally, it was kind of gamifying, if that's a word. It was gamifying <laughs> meditation. Yeah. And I found myself trying to meet milestones and things like that. Yeah, you I, know, like the daily of, check-in. It changed and... my motivation to yeah. a degree, so I stopped using it. Yeah. Because uh, I found that I'd be like looking at, because you get little stars and stuff for how many days in a row you've meditated. Yeah, and things I, th- like. I think I like that because I like to be like, oh, cool. Like, oh, I've only done it for five days this week yeah. versus, you know, last week I did it for one day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you've completed a check-in. Yeah. I think I like that because then that kind of keeps me on board of like, cool, you have to meditate every day. I mean, you don't have to, but also it's very beneficial if you do, especially for me. And I think that's what I like because it has that, extra kind of force of you to be like okay i need to check in today yeah. you know you might only have to do it five minutes if you only got time for five minutes and at least you do a five minute one mm. um and i think as well narrowing where you can do a filter where it's you know how much time have i got that day cool i've only got five minutes i select the five minute thing and that narrows down that is pretty the cool, five yeah. minute thing i only ever used the timer function to be honest i never really used any of their yeah guided stuff yeah. it's um that's how i like to yeah. do it i like guided <laughs> I need someone to like, talk to me. I need that voice. <laughs> I need that voice so I'd be thinking of other things I don't need to be thinking about. So Yep. But yeah. Yeah, everybody prefers different styles. Yeah. That's the great thing about it. Yeah. So I have one more question, if you don't mind answering it, because it just came to me before. And I thought, <laughs> oh, I have to remember to ask that. How have you found, uh, in what ways have you found parenthood has changed you? Oh, it's made me very much more patient. Um, I have a very strong-willed, determined child, very independent, not even two yet, so... Um, just warming up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm becoming patient. I think, like, for me is that my big motivator, like, one, I didn't actually know I was ever wanting kids, ever, um, but, you know, whoops, here we are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's very much 
like it's kind of taught you to surrender because there's a lot of things that which I do have a tendency not to surrender or trust the process or anything like that but it kind of forces you to do so when you do have a child that is here to teach you lessons and like I'm a very normally high strung stressed high anxiety like high functioning anxiety person um so it's been a lot in the sense that like I'm a single mom, so that's always been a lot. That was from pretty much from the start. So that was a challenge in itself. But also I was already on the healing journey to start off with. And it was kind of something where I was like, oh no, like I need to speed this up because I'm like, you know, I'm going to be a mum in the quickest possible time. And mm. I'm like, I'm not ready. So trying to, I kind of say get yourself ready, but you're never going to be ready. And I think it's been a big motivator for me to dive into a lot of, you know, my childhood trauma, all of that stuff, because if I don't dive into it and I don't, even though it's uncomfortable and no one wants to really do it, like no one wants to be like, oh, let's dive into childhood trauma shit. Mm. But if I don't dive in and I don't do it and I don't change the ways that I've been brought up or the limiting beliefs or conditionings that I've been told that that's how it's meant to be done, even though I don't agree with it, then she's just going to grow up on the same path. You know, I don't know if you believe in ancestral trauma, but, you know, it goes normally seven years past and seven years future. So if I don't change, you know, ancestral trauma or things like that now, well, then she's going to grow up having the same childhood trauma as me, you know, all of those conditioning and beliefs. And I don't agree with them. So I refuse for that to happen. So at the same time, if I don't do the work, then it's not going to change. So it's been a very good, like, push for me to, like, speed my healing stuff up. Mm. Um, I was also told she was brought here to help heal me because I wasn't doing it quick enough. Okay. So, you know, they always say you become a mum when you're meant to become a mum. You don't just, you know, have a baby when you want. So that's been, like, a really good motivator and it's taught me to be more patient, especially having a little independent child because there's so much that she wants to do herself, even though I would love to do it because we'd get somewhere quicker. Yeah, I know that feeling. You know, like if she wants to drag something around and she wants to drag it around herself and it's super heavy and it's like, I could just do it myself. But then she's like, no, like I'm doing it. And I'm like, okay, like I just have to wait it out. So I do, I wait and I just let her do it. Sometimes it can take us two hours to get around, you know, putting her rubbish out or something. But you just kind of do it because you're like, well, honestly, where else? what's more important? Like, what else do I have to do? My main job is to be a parent. So even though it's we're doing two hours of rubbish, taking out rubbish and whatnot, it's, I'm still in the present moment and I just get to sit there and I just get to watch her be as strong as she is and be as independent as she is and I just have to watch her journey. Support she, it. Yeah, yeah, and roll with it because... <laughs> can't change it yeah (laughs) um and the same with the like the breath work and the grounding so it does kind of push the idea of grounding yourself more so that you don't so that you can teach your daughter how to ground Mm -hmm. same with feelings i know that many parents that are like oh i won't cry in front of my kids and i'm like but why Mm. like how is your kid going to know that it's okay for them to have feelings or it's okay for them to have their big moments and meltdowns if you suppress all of your feelings. Mm. You know, I remember one time, I'm not a big crier, so it's very rare that I can ever cry. But I remember one time I was, I think I was crying over like a TV show or something. It was really sad, but it was beautiful sad, I think. And, you know, 
my daughter came up and she wiped my tears away yeah, and cute. she was like giving me a little cuddle and then she just shoves a dummy in my mouth. But I was like, <laughs> that in itself, I was like, if I didn't cry in front of you, you wouldn't do that or you wouldn't learn how to care for somebody because, you know, no one's showing you how to do that. So I think that's a big thing of and a big motivation for me. Like if I'm going to be such a high-strung, stressed-out person and go, go, go all the time and want to work every day of my life, well, then that's not going to teach her good grounding that's not yep. going to teach her that's going to teach her to be high strong and i don't want that so yeah. like you know she'll have her own personality but i can teach her things that bring us both back down to open up more for both of us mm-hmm. yeah beautiful yeah well yeah the only thing i would suggest amongst all that for me at least is the idea of like not being where you need to be fast enough. Yeah, I've always, would, been, I've always been a timeline person. Yeah, I would like to challenge being that. being a parent. <laughs> <laughs> to, and, and not because I know better, but just because I, my instincts tell me that you're exactly where you need yes. to be at every time. Yeah. And, and if you're kind of zoomed in tight, it can feel like there is another place to be or another yeah. thing that's, you know, being called for. But if you zoom out far enough, you realise that... Uh, course is yeah. where I have to be the last, no, there is no option this is where it is the last couple years have very much been a very big trusting it's just like okay you just got to trust it like you just got to trust the idea that you know single parenting is meant for you you got to trust the fact that you know you got given a very independent strong-willed child who just wants to do everything herself for a reason like all these little challenges you get are for a reason they're for you they're not you know, they're not happening against you. But yeah, I used to be a very strong timeline person. Like I needed to graduate uni at 21 and I needed sure. to do this and I needed to do that. Well, it was never happening the way that, you know, mm-hmm. my timeline had originally written out. It wasn't going to happen that way. So then I would get quite hard on myself where I'm like, okay, I'm not there. Then I'd be, you know, all the negative self-talk and all of that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, I think as well, like I was 20... 22 and I actually had like a full mental breakdown where I was like riddled with panic attacks I couldn't leave the house I was working as a travel agent which was like originally I thought it was going to be the best job in the world it was the shittest job in the world that was one really big kind of kick for me to okay trust because it's like you have anxiety for a reason your panic attacks are literally for a reason like your values do not align with this job so forcing yourself to go to a job that you do not love and to rip off people for travel it's just not in your Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to do it so of course you're going to keep having panic attacks because you're Mm -hmm. not in you're not in the job you're meant to be doing it doesn't align with your values yep um so that was like one really big thing and you know i'm very grateful for that because if i didn't do it i probably would be still working 80 60 hours a week and be like constantly riddled with anxiety but that was a really big like here we're gonna throw you really deep because you're not listening to your anxiety Mm -hmm. So here's some extra panic attacks and, you know, the thought of putting on my uniform to go to that job, instant panic attack for like two hours. Um, so I just had to trust, you know, what? got to quit. Like mm. I just, I cannot work that job because it's not aligned with my values. Yep. And then I'm like, I just have to trust of where I am is where I'm meant to be. And, you know, what am I, that was 22, I'm 28 now. It's been a lot of years trying to change that mindset, but it's doing so much better. <laughs> and trusting it is... Yeah, and just surrendering to the fact that, you know, you are where you are meant to be has been, it's hard to try to change your mindset for that, but it has been the best change. Yeah. Because there's been so much more that's been opened up 
and just being in the present moment and accepting of where you are right then and there, mm. it's just, it's beautiful. It's awesome. Like who doesn't want to feel that when you get to live in beautiful places, you get to be around in nature. Yep. So yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I guess even when, even when you're not in those optimal environments, you're still where you got to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like that, that I've had a couple of experiences where I guess through like really heightened anxiety levels yeah. uh, at various times that I had this sense of uh, almost like a fight or flight response, even though yeah. there was no real danger or threat, but I just yeah. had that sense of, I have to get out of here. But the thing that that experience reminded me was that it didn't matter where I physically was. Yeah. I still felt this, like I still was not comfortable there and I was not comfortable here and I could walk over there and I'm still going to feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's all actually happening in my internal landscape. Yep. And having skills like breath ding, work. Ding, probably trauma. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, self-induced, I'm sure. But, um, you know, like uh, having those skills that can help you no matter where you are, yeah. that's the key thing yeah. because otherwise you just find yourself playing hide and seek. Yeah. But there is nowhere else to be. It's like yeah. wherever you are is where you are. Um, yeah. See, that's that's something that I've only fairly recently experienced and learned and tried to develop strategies that yeah. are more constructive and less destructive yeah. for myself and the beautiful people I share the space okay. with. Amazing. <laughs> and it's amazing when you get to share it with people that actually understand as well or they've, you know, doesn't matter where they've come from or what different trauma they've had because we're all completely different people. But to be able to share in a non-judgmental space, to be open and to just kind of be heard, held, mm. like, and accepted, like, that's yeah. a huge thing. And obviously, pretty much everybody that comes to Riverdale are all on that same wavelength. So mm. that is it's a pretty awesome environment to be in. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I've got to go and uh, do a meditation. Ooh. I've got to work on my personal practice. <laughs> and everyone's invited. One o'clock at the sanctuary at Riverdale every day is an invitation to silence. It is just a silent meditation. Occasionally, if someone asks for it, I can offer a guided meditation. I typically sit in silence as part of my lunch break and um, it's a party. Everyone's welcome. (laughs) But uh, so I have to go. But um, thank you so much for your time today, Krista Lee. I hope your first podcast wasn't as (laughs) scary as it could have been. Despite this dark, gloomy room, (laughs) the dungeon. it's, it's all worked out well, so I really yeah. appreciate your time. Anytime. Lovely. Yeah. Well, thanks Definitely. so much, Chris Lee, and we'll have to do this another time. Yeah. Cool. Ciao. <laughs> all right, bye.